0: Let's head back to the days of fun Just watch the
1: podcast until it's done Thanks for tuning in to Pop Ninja
2: We reminisce about the pop culture of the 70s, 80s, and beyond. From bell bottom jeans to parachute pants. From Panama Jack shirts to members only jackets. From Smurfs and Scooby Doo to Thundar the Barbarian. If you had a Rubik's Cube, wore a Swatch Watch, was crazy about Max Headroom, or ever wondered who shot JR, then this podcast is where you will feel right at home. Now, jump in the DeLorean time machine and join your hosts, Lisa and Patrick, as they take you on a pop culture adventure through the greatest decades of all time.
3: All right, joining me and my partner in crime, Lisa, we have the lovely author, cosplayer, and toy collector, Miss Billy Ray Bates. Hey, Billy Ray. Hey, how's it going? Awesome. You're rocking that Batgirl costume. It's great. (laughs) I love my Batgirl costume. And you get all kind of uh, collectibles in there with you.
0: Yes, this is the Batgirl corner of the BRB TV Bat Cave. It is seen in lots and lots of episodes of the Terrific TV Toys series, but it's where I place all of my Batgirl collectibles in the house. Very
3: nice. Very nice. <laughs> and rising out of the swamps of South Louisiana, sort of like the Legion of Dooms headquarters on Super Friends, uh, is my pal, Jamie Ray. Who has his own podcast? You want to talk about that, Jamie?
1: Yeah, no! can you really
2: do. <laughs> Thank you, Patrick. Yes, this is Jamie Ray, Hulkboy from Hollywood himself, oh, from Bay Five, from fans, and I'm so excited and humbled to be here on your show. Thank y'all. A hey, bad girl, woo! Rocking costume. Oh, or uniform. Kind of- I'm sorry, uniform. Right, right.
3: Okay, Lisa, who are you dressed as?
4: I'm a, I'm a vampire. I'm going to be, I'm having a, my dinner uh, this uh, Saturday, so I was going to be a vampire for that, so. Who's it going to be? <laughs> test, drive, test driving it. <laughs> who's it going to be? <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, who's going to be for dinner? <laughs>
4: um, hmm, um, some unsuspecting trick-or-treater. Uh, (laughs) it's trick-or-treat night that night they just don't know that they are the dinner yeah (laughs) okay
2: billy ray you must be the star of silver screen himself el zorro
3: that's what i was gonna say billy ray who do you think i am i was going to guess zorro totally okay zorro wears a hat so y'all are all wrong oh i am the old Bat, retired, Dread oh. Pirate Roberts.
2: What? So well, I just thought your hat got knocked off. <laughs> <laughs> well, who are you? You the thought Pirate. I
3: got off of Tornado from
2: from the Princess Bride.
4: Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Okay. As you wish. Oh, ah. you know, I thought uh, Jamie Ray was Timothy Busfield.
2: Who's that? <laughs> the
4: actor yeah do you know who i mean
2: no you know i mean i know is? timothy bustle
4: yeah but he was on 30 something yeah don't he look like him he's married to melissa gilbert now you know well, who i mean
2: i know who you mean I,
4: i'll okay. have to
2: look him up most okay. people say i look like pork chop pork <laughs> chop the wrestler or Butterbean. <laughs> hey, i saw
3: Butterbean a couple of weeks ago at right the dukes fest thing yeah it was a striking yeah. resemblance
2: wasn't
3: it all right well welcome guys uh so glad you could be with us today for our special halloween video episode of our podcast <laughs> it's also the last episode of our second season so after this we're going to be taking a a break until after the first of the year and uh I know y'all been a part of this uh, second season. We've had both of you on, on here. I think uh, more than once, probably. But uh, So, okay, uh, what we're doing is each of us has picked a horror film from the 70s or 80s, and we're just gonna talk about them. So that's four, four films we're gonna talk about since it's the Halloween season. And let's start off with uh, Batgirl. Billy Ray, you wanna talk about your movie first?
0: yeah um for the longest time my favorite scary movie not my favorite movie of all time but my favorite scary movie was always the shining
1: i don't suppose they uh told you anything in denver about the tragedy we had up here during the winter of 1970 well a man named charles grady is the winter caretaker and he came up here with his wife and two little girls i think about eight and ten From what I've been told, I mean, he seemed like a completely normal individual. But at some point during the winter, he must have suffered some kind of a complete mental breakdown. He ran amok and uh, killed his family with an axe. You can rest assured, Mr. Ullman, that's not going to happen with me.
4: Mom? Yeah?
0: you really want to go and live in that hotel for the winter?
1: Sure I do. It'll be lots of fun. Yeah, I guess so. For some people, uh, solitude and isolation can of itself.
0: a Stanley Kubrick film based on the Stephen King novel which came out in 1977 and I first saw The Shining when I was a little girl and it aired on TV and I think a lot of the plot and what was going on in The Shining, watching it as a little girl just kind of flew over my head and then I watched it several more times in my life since then and then saw the sequel that came out a year or two ago. As well, but I've always been a big fan. I feel like it's just a very chilling movie um, starring Jack Nicholson, Shelley Duvall, um, Scatman Crothers. Also, yeah, and just a dynamite cast. Even the little boy, Danny Lloyd, was the name of the actor um, who actually, I guess, retired from Hollywood and has done other stuff in in more recent years. Um, But I felt he was just so captivating. Um, so good in his role, you know, so, so intense. And so I love that movie.
3: Yeah, great film.
0: What did you think of it,
3: Patrick? I liked it a lot. I thought it was uh, creepy. Uh, when I saw it, I liked like that maze they all go into. Yes. really cool. And I love Scatman Crothers. I, I've seen him on, you know, he was on the Twilight Zone and stuff. But uh, <laughs> that was one of my, probably my first time seeing him, except for hearing his voice, you know. Always liked him as an actor. Uh, so, the, the hotel that was uh, the Overlook Hotel in Colorado, Big it was set, right? I'm sorry? It was set in Colorado at the Overlook Hotel?
0: It was set in the Colorado Rockies. And yeah, the name of the hotel was The Overlook. It was shot mostly in studios. Um, and then they did use. <laughs> Some location um, elements to it, although it was not in Colorado, it was somewhere else. I think Oregon, the hotel that they used for it. But, you know, when I saw it when I was a little girl, I guess I've always been captivated by huge mansion type houses. Of course, I'm a fan of the TV show Dynasty and (laughs) other shows that show like big lush houses. And it struck me as just a big house. I think the first time I saw the movie, I didn't even understand it was a hotel. I thought it was just a big, spooky, haunted house. And that's one thing I love about the movie is just that the hotel itself is a very strong character in the film. And it's got this past. And you don't really understand it at first. It all sort of unfolds as the movie goes along. And then you have this writer who's going crazy. And... I identify with the fact that he's a writer, not the, the crazy thing, but <laughs> I identify with the fact that, okay, he's taken on this job, and he and his family are um, sort of secreted away in this this mystical lodge and it's snowy out and then they become snowbound. So there's this sense of isolation and that really adds a lot to the scary element of this film, the sense that they're going to be snowed in, you know, there's this big storm raging and they can't go anywhere. And meanwhile, things are just going sideways inside the hotel. And so I think it just has so many neat elements in it that make for a fabulous movie. Oh, absolutely.
3: Absolutely.
4: The Shining, you're saying you watched that as a little girl? I, you know, I remember the previews for that movie when it came on TV, and it traumatized me so much seeing um, him chasing that kid through the maze in the snow that I would run out into the other room and cover, and put my uh, hands over my ears so I couldn't even hear the sound um, because I was afraid Jack Nicholson was going to come through the TV and get me. And so <laughs> I was traumatized just by the preview alone. I, there was no way... Oh, there's no way my parents would ever let me see it as a child. Never, ever. Well, I'll tell
0: you one little story. Just a brief little aside. The first time I saw a little bit of the show was when it was on. I think it was on cable TV, and we didn't have cable at the time. But we went visiting an uncle of, like, one of my dad's brothers at his house, and a little ways away from where we lived. And we were just hanging out visiting, and they had the TV, and he was watching that movie. And it came to the scene with the baseball bat. And I remember he hit the fast forward (laughs) or maybe I guess it was on video or something. It was released in 1980. So maybe it was like at some point where it was on video, but um, because they had, my parents had a little kid with them. He hit the fast forward button, like, Oh, you can't watch this. And that's, so that's just something vivid. I remember, but yeah, at some point after that,
4: I saw it on TV myself. Well, the whole scene with the naked lady in the shower, that was bad. That was like, really bad rated R. There was some, you know, full frontal, creepy, whatever going on there, you know? So that I, I know my parents would have like freaked if I would have been trying to, well, I would have been 12 years old when it came out. So, but it was actually based on, a uh, Stephen King actually had stayed at the Stanley Hotel in, in Colorado and I've been there. So I was just there a few years ago. And, um, and so it was also, th- that hotel was actually used in Dumb and Dumber too. I don't know if you guys knew that, didn't you, didn't know that. Know that? you know that did huh? not know that okay all right I, I some trivia okay so uh yeah but it but he he wrote it because he had stayed there and then that's where he got the idea for it but most of it was a set it wasn't it was I think they made a uh, mini-series I think Rebecca DeMorning was in it mm-hmm. anybody remember that
2: yeah and a uh, guy from Wings
4: yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, or was it the other guy? No, it's the other guy.
4: No, but, it was the guy from Single White Fem- Female um, that was in it, I'm pretty sure.
2: He's also um, from Jennifer, Master Horse.
4: Yeah. I can't, can't think of Me either. <laughs> uh, but uh, and then, um, and yeah, they did make the sequel to it, the Dr. Doctor, Doctor, uh, sleep. Sleep, yeah, with um, Ewan McGregor. Did you guys see it?
2: Nope, mm-hmm.
4: nope. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, it. Yeah, I can't hardly even remember it. Mm. But yeah, it didn't. It didn't impress me any. But yeah, it was terrifying. It was. It was. It was. It was and and yeah, Hong Kong Fooey is in it. Is the voice
3: number one super bad.
4: Yeah, and don't you remember Red Rom.
3: <laughs> yeah, I used to go around school doing that. Red
4: Rom, Red Rom, <laughs> yeah.
3: Red Rom. Yeah. Red rom. Hey, Billy Ray, go. Uh, What was your favorite scene?
0: Favorite scene. Um, I think because I am a writer and I identified with that aspect of Jack Nicholson, I think just when he was shown just sitting there in this completely empty lobby area, I guess it was, or it was a really big open area of the hotel. I think it was like a big lobby and just sitting there you know (laughs) plodding away on his typewriter the feelings that that evokes like i said there was such a sense of isolationism like oh my gosh okay he's got his wife and his son there but there was just a sense of just being alone and, and you know something bad is happening i love the suspense of all of that
4: what did you think of Shelley duvall
0: Shelley Duvall, oh my gosh, you know, I always have to comment about wardrobe in TV and movies. I, <laughs> I drive myself crazy with that. But even the most recent time that I watched The Shining, I couldn't help but notice her clothing <laughs> because it really um, reinforced who she was as a character, I really felt like, because she's wearing these, um, you know, kind of like frumpy, baggy clothes and and at one point she's got these like overalls on her or something
4: like yeah, that. Yeah, like, like an like overall clothes. dress. Yeah. And it
0: really helped characterize her. I think whoever chose the wardrobe for that did a great job because the way she presented the character, I guess was different than in the book. I have not read the book. In fact, I have not read a single Stephen King book, even though I'm a voracious reader and I'm a writer, but I've seen like all of his movies. So I don't know, go figure. I guess I like my Stephen King on the screen (laughs) instead of on the printed page. But I guess she was a stronger character in the book. She was a more um, independent character. But in the movie, oh my gosh, you could tell he had just... I guess, beating her down emotionally. You know, you really could get that from the movie that she's protective of her son. Something's happened with her son, you know, that, and, and he had been a recovering alcoholic and he flew into a rage at his son. And so she's trying to protect him from that. And, but she really is um, just so agreeable to all the crazy domineering things that he does as he, as he goes crazy. So yeah it's really interesting. It's, I don't think she's necessarily her character's a female role model, but it was very interesting
4: now, didn't he um, break his arm? Isn't that, something he... like that
0: Yes, and that was when he supposedly quit drinking and so then they they he takes this job at the hotel and he um, starts to write and all that and he meets the ghostly bartender and then he's enticed into um, alcohol again so another interesting aspect thrown in.
3: Have any of you uh seen the movie Ready Player One? Uh, what's the movie? Ready, Ready Player, Player one?
4: one?
3: No. Oh yes, I saw it recently. Okay. Well, you know what I'm gonna talk about. Uh that Steven Spielberg, <laughs> you know, he directed it up. There's a whole sequence where they they're trapped in the Overlook Hotel, their avatars are, and they have to play out the storyline from the Shining in order to get one of the secret keys to advance in the game and the this wasn't in the book. I read the book, and it's one of my favorite books ever. Jamie, uh, you need to read this book, man. It's like he wrote it just for us. I've heard that. It's like he sat down and interviewed us and went and wrote us a book.
4: <laughs> I for you talking about there. it. Yeah.
3: It had Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, all that stuff. And In, in fact, this uh, new shining scene that's just in the movie, it replaced a part of the book that had a uh, – Dungeons and Dragons uh, scene where the character, the avatars were inside a module of D and D playing it out. It, it was really good in the book, uh, but I understand why they changed it. They were trying to go for a younger audience and uh, they, they changed a lot of stuff in the, in the uh, movie to market it to a younger audience. Cause you know, they, they didn't want to market it to old fogies like us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But check it out. Uh, the movie. I the- will try check out both of them so lisa yes you want to talk about your dog
4: yeah because um well that i'm going to talk about another stephen king you know movie that was a book originally so i guess that's a good way to say and yeah yeah so like um so my my movie is the 1983 uh movie uh, the canine's gone crazy, you know, uh, Cujo.
1: Nothing that lives in the imagination is more frightening than the terror that lives in Castle Rock, Maine. Joe. Can he get us in here? Can he eat his way in here? Kenny? He? Oh
4: my God, I'm losing my baby.
1: Stephen King, creator of Carrie and The Shining, comes a startling vision of fear.
0: Please, God, get me out of here.
1: Now there's a new name for terror. Cujo.
4: What's really weird is last night on Dancing with the Stars. Do you know? Do you, I don't know if you guys watch that. Do you know who Mal- Malara Harden is? No. She was, She was in. Um, she was in some uh, Walt Disney stuff, like the North Avenue Irregulars. Her, oh. her father is Jerry Harden, who was actually in Cujo. And they had a Halloween um, episode last night where they all did all these dances to different songs. And she did a dance to A Nothing But a Hound Dog to, because, and dressed like somebody that was attacked by a dog in Cujo. Oh,
1: so
2: that was last oh, Yeah, night. Jerry Harden was, uh, he played Mark Twain in that Star Trek episode.
4: He was um, he was the one of the detectives in Cujo. Yeah. Yeah. He was so in X
2: Files too. so
4: no, I couldn't believe it when she was talking about it last night on Dancing with the Stars. I'm like, I'm going to talk about that movie, you know? So, um, yeah. That, uh, do you guys see it? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I,
2: okay. I just I just met um, D. Wallace D. Wallace um, just like a month or so ago. We oh, talked about it.
4: Okay, yeah, it stars D. Wallace Stone, Daniel Hugh Kelly, Danny Pintaro, and um, Scatman Crothers. No, no, no. Uh, and, and, uh, and Ed Lauder's in it. And I'm like, oh, the, uh, oh, Christopher Stone. Yeah, Christopher Stone is in it, who was D. Wallace's real-life husband. And that's where she was, D. Wallace Stone. Huh. So I don't know if you guys knew that or not, but he died very young. Um, of a heart attack but he was the he was the man that she was having an affair with because there's this there's this underlying story that's going on with this family the um the dad's a ad executive and then they have a little son and and the wife is messing around with her old boyfriend who's like the local handyman guy and then there's this um they, they, they they're, they're having car trouble so they go out to this um, mechanics house who lives in the middle of nowhere um to take their one car out there to get uh, repaired and then um later after this whole fair thing comes out um the 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 dad daniel Hugh, Hugh Kelly he has to go um he has to go away for like a week on a business trip and you can see there's like tension between the the, the you know the, him and d Wallace. and she says she'll get the car fixed well then she ends up taking a car out to get it fixed and cujo who um i guess I should have I, I guess I jumped all over the place but the dog belongs to the mechanic, okay? And at the beginning of the movie, you see this scene where the dog is um, chasing a rabbit and the rabbit goes down a hole and then the dog puts his head in the hole and then he gets attacked by bats. The hole is actually a cave and he gets bit on a nose. And then, so the whole thing is, is that he's got rabies. So, um, and then, so when they when they first meet Cujo, it's right after he got bit, but he's not showing any signs of, of being rabid. But later on, when she when she takes the other car out there and Cujo attacks them, um, she she remembers back like to haven't seen that. And she realizes that, he, you know, he's rabid and um, they're kind of stuck there in the middle of nowhere. And it's just I mean, you know, I, I read that Siskel and Ebert said it was stupid and, and dumb and they didn't like it. But, you know, what do they know? You know, who are they? <laughs> you know, so I liked it. I think it's a good movie. You know, and it's a good one for Halloween. And, um, you know, there was a lot of like camera tricks in it. And I mean, it is kind of repetitive, but I don't know. What do you all think?
3: I liked it personally. Liked it a lot. Okay. I was attacked right. by St. Bernard once.
4: Me too. He tore yeah. My we got-
3: Tommy, he'll figure shirt. I was mad at him. I, I, I had got- a St. Bernard bring me a flask
2: of brandy once. <laughs>
4: Up in the up in the Colorado, up in the at the Stanley Hotel when you were out there in the maze. Oh you were bumbling around up
3: there yeah, in
4: the, bumbling around. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh I got bit by Saint Bernard too. That maybe that and right around that time too. And uh I had to get three stitches. So um, you know, Saint Bernard's you don't want to mess with. So my brother had one too, so
3: I yeah. want to mention the uh, director, Louis T., awesome guy. Uh, he directed Alligator, uh, was the uh, other one, Jewel of the Nile, the, the sequel to what was the name of that? Uh, Romancing the Stone. Romancing the Stone. the Stone. And he did Navy SEALs. I mean, he's got a whole list of awesome films that he's directed. So uh, shout out to him. I don't know if he's still alive or not. But uh, And a little bit of trivia uh, they use five St. Bernard. Yeah along with a mechanical head and a guy in a dog suit
4: yeah you know, and they and, to, and, and to get that look of the the rabies they put they put uh, egg yolks all over his face you know and then all of that was just you know a lot of sound effects with him barking and being mean and all of that and yeah so um but i i i don't know if i'm supposed to say the end or not or what happens but um if nobody's seen Cujo, they should watch it. I remember when the previews used to come on too for that movie back when it was out in the theaters, and I remember the kid standing in the fog, you know, with the tree, and he was calling for Cujo, which I've ne- I have not yet. I don't know what what Cujo means. Like, what kind of name is Cujo? I don't know. Hmm. You know, nobody knows. Okay, well, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I I just thought like when I was like researching some stuff about it that I might figure it out, but did not yeah
3: so yeah. what well, about so, way, what did you think about it did you see it
0: i did see it it's been a few years and i probably only saw it once i don't remember a whole lot about it but i think it was good i, I all stephen king's movies i enjoyed i don't think yeah. there. were A
4: bad one that I saw. Yeah. All the the a a lot of his movies all begin with C and they're one word like Carrie, Cujo, Christine. You know, what's that? What's that? What's that
2: that about? Oh, the (laughs) Shining. Yeah. The (laughs) C
3: is silent in the Shining.
4: Right, Shining. Right.
3: (laughs) Jamie, you got any comments about Cujo? I think Cujo
2: is a great movie. I went rabid for it when I came out in the theaters.
4: Yeah. All right. You were just foaming and drooling and everything.
2: I'll tell you. Now, to, you know, to be honest, uh, the, the, the scenes where they're in the car and they've been in there for a long time and they're just hot and yeah. dehydrated and stuff, I just found it was very well acted, uh, especially the little boy. Yeah. Um, because he was so young. Um and man, I mean it was just ugh, I hate being hot. You know, I, I love the, the AC, I love the winter, as you could tell. That's why I moved up here. Um but god just going back, remember that movie and, and those scenes. Nah, I'm I'm good. I don't need to do that again.
4: Yeah, that was it was intense. He like, um, I don't know how they got him to do that. When he was um like dehydrated and he started he could breathe, he starts choking and and all of that, and his eyes start rolling back in his head, and and all that. I don't know how they they did that either. And and then just the scene with um, that believe. car. That, that car looked like a pacer, you know, to me. Really? I don't know if you guys remember those. You know, they look yeah. like a bubble. You know, and then she gets locked out of the car, and she can't get back into her son. And then she takes the she. It's after the police come uh come to try and you know find her, and Cujo attacks the police, and and she gets the gun, you know, but um her kids like in there dying so it's um she has to uh, smash the window in with the gun so yeah and then yeah and then it's like at the end the the husband what? he's already on his way home what, to find, what? huh you going tell the end well he's, uh, he's coming. <laughs> you know so yeah but but yeah, but nobody was looking for her because the the boyfriend had rep, ripped up the whole house and had gone nuts and 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 smashed everything and so no what's that Spoilers. Uh, what, I don't know how much to tell. I mean, if you haven't seen Cujo in in uh, the thirty-seven years that it's been on on out there on whatever, I don't know what to say. Then thirty-eight years, I guess. <laughs> yeah,
2: she has a valid point. I mean,
4: yeah, it's so been a while. It, we could go into another uh, canines going wild
3: movie. Yeah, Buttercup, talk about your movie. <laughs> mine? Yeah.
4: yeah. Uh, mine doesn't
2: have anything to do with canines. It is. Oh, what you're talking about? Well, I don't know. Mine has to do with werewolves. Completely different.
1: Keep off the moors. Stick to the roads. You the best of luck. Be Thanks for the ride, right, sir. <gasps> you a lovely sheep. Northern England first, Italy later, right. (laughs) Excuse me, what's that star on the wall for? Did you hear that? Just go to them. It's circling us. No one brought them here. No one wanted them here. Sounds far away. Not far enough. Come on. See God's hands now. <laughs> Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors
2: i'm of course talking about the 1981 john landis masterpiece the first real mesh of comedy and horror the american werewolf in london and this is just one of my all-time favorite movies i got to watch it again the other night in preparation for this and it's it's just it's a masterpiece so um if you love horror then you've got a lot of horror. You've got some gore in there. You've got some amazing effects that still stand up to this day. And then you've got some comedy in there too as well. And a little bit of sprinkling of romance. So it's it's really a movie for everybody. Um, John Landis wrote it back in, he started it in 1969. And when he was filming Schlock, he had Rick Baker on with him doing makeup. And they talked about the movie a little bit. And then they were going to try to get it done. And so I just found this story out the other night. Rick Baker actually was approached to do the movie Wolfen. Patrick, I'm guessing you probably saw it. I don't know about oh, yeah. the ladies.
4: I, I did. I, I love Wolfen.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Bad girl? Uh, no, I don't no? think so. Well, so supposedly he got the gig, but he called John Landis first. And Said, you know, I'm going to be doing this, and Landis like exploded on him because he thought he was going to take his um, his designs away. But no, it was a completely different movie. Landis knew exactly what he wanted. He wanted a real wolf look to it, uh, versus the wolf, and as we know, is you know could be a big standing on a, a biped. Um, yeah. But anyway, this is just it's a great movie, a great cast, um, extremely young David Naughton who had just come off the uh, Dr Pepper ads
1: i drink dr pepper don't you see because it's the perfect taste for me that original taste you know is making peppers everywhere i go
2: um and griffin dunn uh, are both two friends from new york who are in the moors and um go awry um, they stop at the uh, slaughtered lamb and are told uh to stay on the road and stay off the moors uh which they promptly do not do and they get attacked and poor jack the griffin dunn character dies and then um david naughton's character wakes up in a hospital and it's been three weeks and everybody is trying to tell him that uh they were attacked by a wild man but David knows he saw the creature as a, as a man. And so the movie goes in and, and it's got some really great things. I don't want to give a lot of it away, um, but there are some incredible effects. As a matter of fact, uh, Rick Baker and his crew won the very first Oscar for special effects in this movie. Um, and if you've ever seen it before, it's an incredible transformation. Um, before then, they would do kind of like time-lapse where uh, back in the Wolfman movies, you'd see Lon Chang just like sitting there and they put some effects on him and take another picture and put another one. With well, this one, you see everything. And uh, I can remember 12 years old looking at Fangoria and there were pictures of it and just thinking, wow, this is an incredible movie. And I was not disappointed and it holds up to this very day. And no matter what you may read on the Internet, there was never a sequel set in Paris. <laughs>
4: Well, th- th- um, then that's where Thriller came from, from American
2: Yes, War. he took this, the, the same guy, did the makeup yep. for Thriller, and um, John Landis, Landis uh, directed it.
4: Yes. And, and you know what? Landis like, already loved him, because,
3: you know, Blues Brothers, Animal House, uh, Kentucky Fried Movie, if you've ever seen yep. that. He's,
2: yeah, he's he did. Uh, he's done so many different movies, um, and he's just a master. Yeah.
4: Okay, in the movie American Werewolf in London, there's this little kid in the in the hospital, and she keeps t- the, the nurse keeps talking. No, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah, I do that all the time. He's super cute. I know.
1: So I a little bit of trivia. <laughs> um,
2: in the in the um, I think it was late '80s, early '90s. No, it was in the late '80s. Did y'all ever see the Young Ones? That was on MTV. No. Nobody ever seen everybody seen see Drop Dead Fred? Oh yeah. Okay. okay. So Rick Mayall, who plays Fred, was also in the young ones. He actually is a chess player there in the uh, bar oh. at the slaughtered lamb. I was watching it, and I'm like, I've seen that movie a dozen times at least, and I was like, Hey, it's Rick. So I thought that was pretty cool. Well, Griffin
4: a uh, Griffin Dunn is is um Dominique Dunn's brother, isn't it? From Poltergeist, isn't that who she who he is? He's all isn't he also Dom, Dominic Dunn's son? you oh, got right. me there. Uh,
2: he is um, Dominic Dunn's uh son.
4: Well then that's Dominique Dunn's brother. And it is
2: Dominique Dunn's and yes, Dominique and, that's and Alexander. His, yes, that's, yes, ma'am. Um,
4: yes, that was his uh daughter that was, you know, murdered after Christ. Oh. You know that, oh, right? Yeah, yeah,
2: from three, I think.
4: No, from the first one. It was the teenage... She was the 16-year-old. Oh,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. Three is where the little girl dies.
4: Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, Poltergeist was, uh, was uh, cursed, I think.
2: Yeah. Lily will not watch that movie. She has a thing about cursed movies. She'll tell you everything that happened on those movies, and she will not watch it.
3: Oh. You better not yeah. watch Gorilla Bob, then.
2: <laughs> Just saying. Well, we really can't watch Gorilla Bob, can we? Someday still waiting yeah. for my call
4: there there was um like the scene in the in the um zoo where he wakes up in the zoo you know yes. with, with the wolves and then um and then yeah i mean it's it's kind of a really sad you know what creeps me out is the whole scene in the movie theater at the end yes. when, oh, the, when you the actually, when comes out you actually really get a look of We're that wolf, like, what's that when the blob I saying, don't
2: listen to him
4: um and the blob the hairy Everybody blob. Runs out of the theater yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, that was the best part yeah, yeah. yeah you remember the movie that was playing the blob no an bo- american a, werewolf isn't
4: it some porno movie or something it's a isn't porno
2: it? theater yeah. that he's yeah. in yeah.
4: it's like yeah. i've seen it many many times yeah and but you see that werewolf um like walking around like on the street you know, like, and it's like uh, the it, the. Got a
3: Chinese menu at. in his
4: hand. What's that?
3: He's got a oh, Chinese whoa. menu. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah. But that was a creepy wolf.
2: Yeah, that was, was great effects. And again, um, you know, John Landis knew exactly how the way he wanted to look. Um, yeah. Baker tried to talk him out of it, and he was like, "No." And in the end, it was the right choice to make.
3: Hey Jamie, let me ask you this. You might know. Okay, so that was the first Oscar for visual effects, special effects. Did they create that category because this blew them away? Or did they, well, we're going to create this, you know, this category and then here comes the movie. Well,
2: it was actually for Best Makeup. I maybe said special okay. effects. Okay. But uh, I don't know. That's a very good question, Patrick. I'm, I'm wondering if they all saw friends it, at the panel of
3: judges, if they watched it and they were like, oh, man, we've never seen makeup this good, you know, effects. Let's make a category. This deserves it, you know.
2: You're right. I it just could be I mean, the same way they did animation. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I'll call my friends at the Academy and I'll
3: ask them. Well, just call JL and ask them. Say, hey, man, you know. What's up with that?
2: Oh, hold on. I got it. I got him on. You
3: got him on the phone. How about you, bad girl?
0: Did you see it? Did you like it? Nope. Um, nope. I didn't see it. But I do. Um, I have seen the Lon Chaney werewolf stuff only because I watched Sven Gulli.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I love the original Wolfman. You have
0: taste, my friend. You have taste.
1: Yeah.
0: I love Sven Gouley.
3: If I had a chicken, Speaking I'd throw uh, at you. <laughs> Speaking of John Chaney Werewolf, Jamie Ray, you still coming Saturday to go see it? Are you guys going to see the original? I totally forgot
2: that was this weekend. Oh, uh, you already made plans. No, I don't, but uh, I'll
3: talk to you about it afterwards. Okay. Yeah, it's playing. Uh, it's one of those fathom events. It's playing all over the country on Saturday. It's a double feature uh,
4: oh no. I'm doing my vampire dinner that and
3: invisible man. Double feature.
4: No. I don't I don't care about the invisible man. I, I like the wolf man no. I was gonna watch it this afternoon actually.
2: I've, I've seen never it. seen him. Yeah, I mean who I never,
4: you've never seen that movie? No, never I've seen never seen, seen the invisible, invisible man. man. Right.
2: <laughs> okay. Me neither. Well, hey, Patrick, <laughs> it looks like you, my friend are the only person left to tell us what movie you want.
3: As you wish. I want to talk about a movie that freaked me out when I was a kid. And I'm talking about the 1972 movie, The Legend of Boggy Creek.
1: Here in this primitive river-bottom wilderness in southern Arkansas, along with deer, duck, crane, and beaver, lurks a creature that walks upright. Whether it is a man, a monster, or a myth, no one really knows. What we do know is the people around Falk, Arkansas, say they have seen such a creature nearly 250 times since 1954. And that this creature, whatever it is, emits one of the most terrifying sounds ever recorded. Legend of Boggy Creek. Rated G.
3: And uh, I want to talk about the writer and the director first. Uh, Earl Smith, Earl E. Smith, uh, he also wrote The Town That Dreaded Sundown and Sudden Impact. So that, that, that's like going, going from, you know, low to high right there. Uh but also uh, Charles B. Pierce worked with him on uh, Boggy Creek and on the town that dreaded Sundown. He directed both of them. And he also directed uh, Winter Hawk, which was a movie about Native Americans, and uh, Grey Eagle, which was another Native American film starring uh, Alex Ford from Airwolf. He actually played an Indian. And um, he did another film he directed called The Norseman, which was a Lee Major film. Oh, I've seen that. Yes. What a, what a weird film for Lee majors to be in, you know, it's kind of like the time, Land landed time for God or something, you know, he's battling all these, uh, cavemen type people. He's a Norseman. But, uh, but, but anyway, these two guys, between the two of them they've written and, uh, dire- you know, directed some pretty good, uh, good films. And the cast, uh, I, I really never saw him after this, this film. So I'll mention them. It's, uh, Willie E. Smith and John Hickson. And I don't know, have y'all seen this? Oh, yeah. What? I thought it was Boogie Creek. Billy
0: Ray, you've seen it? I, oh my gosh, you hit on a really good one there, Patrick, because that is another movie that I remember from, I saw that when I was way younger than when I saw (laughs) The Shining as a real little kid, and I absolutely loved it that movie and i was just chilled by it oh, but yeah. i've always been a big sasquatch fan big <laughs> sasquatch fan. so that was the original i mean that's a fantastic
3: movie yeah and that's and just Lisa, up boogie boogie <laughs> creek is the sequel with mark and mark <laughs> <laughs> boogie, <laughs> boogie, boogie, <laughs> boogie creek <laughs> but uh if you haven't seen the movie it was kind of a, a documentary style the way they filmed it and uh it's about the, the, the Falk monster, which is Falk, Arkansas. And uh, there's this uh, Bigfoot-type creature that, that's been sighted around Falk for decades, you know, and, and in northern Louisiana, that, that whole area around Texarkana and above Shreveport, Louisiana, and, and mainly in Falk, you know, it terrorized that little town for decades. And uh, I've been to Falk several times, and, and so is uh, Kendall Fontenot, shout out to him, I know he's a big Bigfoot enthusiast and he goes to Falk a couple times a year probably. But, uh, but I, I used to go to Falk just about every year on my way to Branson, Missouri, I'd drive through there. And uh, one time I stopped and I had no idea that they had this uh, gas station called the Monster Mart and they built this room onto the gas station. And it's like a Falk Monster Museum. I mean, they, they've got the, the, the footprints, you know, in plaster, they've got life-size Bigfoot statues. They got posters and books and they sell merchandise and really cool place. And uh, I even drove out to Boggy Creek and got out and uh, scooped up some water in a, a bottle and put the lid on. I still have it somewhere. So, uh, yeah, every time I go, I stop by. Pretty cool. Uh, Did you drain the swamp? <laughs> yeah, I drank it. I turned a swamp thing. But uh, they they have a Boggy Creek Bigfoot Festival the the, Fal- the town of Falk Arkansas every year, and uh, I want to say it was twenty seventeen maybe. When, when did uh, when did it come out? Early seventies. So, yeah. they had a big anniversary here, and uh, they put the movie out on Blu Ray. And to commemorate the anniversary, they were showing it at a movie theater in Texarkana, which is only like less than half an hour from FALC. And uh, they were having that festival to tie in with it. And I bought tickets to the festival, I bought tickets to the movie screening, and I bought um, a cool poster they had for the event. And something came up at work and I had to cancel. It didn't really cancel, I just couldn't go. So I lost everything. And I was hoping they would mail me the poster, but they didn't. So I, I was bummed out. I wanted to go. But I, I haven't been to one of those festivals yet. But uh, Jamie Ray, we're going to go, buddy. Hey, man. I'm down. So Depending get ready. On what's going on?
2: I, you know, I, I do want to ask you, I want you to finish talking about it. I want to talk about Town that Dreaded Sundown. Yep. Have you seen the, uh, the remake? Oh, oh,
3: not the remake. No.
2: I was actually pleasantly surprised that they did a fairly decent job.
3: All right, like in the first one, Don Wells from Gilligan's Island is in it. Yes. Yeah. But uh, but the Legend of Boggy Creek, like I said, it was you know documentary style. Uh, and I want to say one one scene that was pretty freaky to me when I was a kid was you know all the people in this trailer, and Bigfoot's outside and. They all scunch up. I think it's on the couch maybe. I can't remember Billy Ray. You might remember this. And Bigfoot's arm comes through a window right between them from the back of the couch, just shatters yeah. that window and is grabbing for them. You know, and they're screaming and they hit the floor and they're crawling away. And that freaked me out to the point where I wouldn't sit by a window at night. That's how scared, <laughs> yeah. That's how scared I was. Oh, great yeah. stuff. Yeah. Great. And another, uh, another one is when this college professor takes them all out the 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 students they go out in the woods and they're they're searching for evidence trying to see if there's actually a creature out there if they can find it and it's night they're in a tent and uh they set up these little poles with with little beep uh like balls that send out a signal kind of makes a perimeter and uh they've they've got a table at their tent with these monitors and they can uh if anything breaks the parameters, it'll start like a little beep, 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 beep. You know, it'll show them the monitor where it's approaching from. Well, they're all tired. They have, they have somebody standing watch all all through the night, you know, to take shifts or whatever. But when those things start going off and they can hear them and they all get, they huddle around the monitor and you see that beep, beep, beep. And they all got flashlights and they're freaking out because you can hear something out there. And they're looking for it. Oh, man, that just... I did not go camping for several years after that. It was a scary, <laughs> scary, scary story. But uh, yeah, if you haven't seen it, it, it kind of uh, doesn't hold up well.
4: Me, I haven't.
3: <laughs> it's aged uh, pretty badly. Uh, oh. But if you just look at it as a documentary from the '70s, then you know, l- like you're doing research. But, yeah, you're a documentary is- from the '70s. I think you'll enjoy <laughs> it a lot. And they did make a sequel, but they tried to do too much. Uh, instead of a documentary, it was more of a dramatic type thing. And I don't think it worked as well. I think the documentary uh, aspect of it kind of added to the film. What, what, Billy Ray, what do you, you think? Um, well,
0: <laughs> I've seen it recently and it held up for me. Um, I... I as far as the sequel, if you're asking if I saw the sequel, I don't remember if I have. If I have, it's been a long time and definitely didn't leave an impression on me.
3: <laughs> what I'm saying about it, it didn't hold up. You know, you're listening to that music about Crabtree and you know that It's so hokey.
0: But it's just so, I mean, they're interviewing people and they're telling their Sasquatch stories, their Bigfoot. It's just so
3: authentic. It's so dated, but I'm not saying I didn't like it. I love this movie. Love it. You know, and and I want to get the, uh, the Blu-ray definitely want to watch it again on Blu-ray, but uh, it's, uh, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. And to watch it as an adult, you know, it's not scary anymore. You know, you got a few jump surprises like, but, uh, but as a kid, man, that was terrifying.
4: Does he kill people in it? Is that what you're? Shut your mouth. Is, what, what, Spoiler. What? what? No, if it's like a, if it's like a cheesy horror movie or a really scary
3: horror movie. No, it, it's it's made like a doc like a serious documentary. Yeah, it, it's real. It
0: becomes, it's scary because it seems so real. And, you know, I was watching it as a little girl living in the middle of nowhere in North Michigan, you know, and a farm in the country. And it's just that feeling that it could happen here.
3: Maybe there was a Bigfoot out there, you know. Yeah, they, would, they would interview farmers on there that like came and killed their sheep or something. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah.
4: Well, I'll have to watch it. Jamie, what
2: did you think of it? You saw it? Oh, yeah. I watched it years and years ago. Uh, I don't remember enjoying it. Um, And it was weird because it was so close. You know, I had family who lived up in Monroe and and Shudrant. So I could literally know where they're talking about. It wasn't too far. So um, never really thought about it coming toward me. You know, I'm kind of strange in that a lot of horror movies, they don't really bother me like they do some people. You know, they don't liter- freak me out. Um, not when
3: you were a kid, little, little boy? No,
2: no, not really. Not that I could think of. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just I, I just remember wanting to go and see, you know, what was going on. Um, I think, well, I think actually the only movie that really kind of freaked me out was Salem's Lot.
3: Salem's Lot. <laughs>
4: yeah. Oh, I just watched it for the first time like last year. I oh, connected- really? Yeah, because of the little boy when they did the preview for I'd have to hide. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't deal with it.
2: That's the part that always when he's scratching yeah. on the window. Yeah. Calling for his <laughs> That's brother. I thought he was
4: outside my window.
2: Yeah. yeah. He was. That part always freaked me out. But a lot of other movies never did. Not really. Now, Bridges of Madison County affected me for years. I I just you know.
3: Kind of like Spice World. Oh oh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the sequel's playing right now. So oh, did you know that Doom. there was a sequel Doom. to Yeah, yeah. There was a sequel. Um oh God, what was it? Oh, it's called A Return to Salem's Lot. Oh, um, yeah, I,
4: I I have seen that on I, I, um is not um what's his name in it that was the, the Michael very, Moriarty. Michael Moriarty. Mm-hmm. No I, I was thinking of um uh what's his name that was in the, the vampire guy the, I, I thought he was in the sequel too but um No the in Salem's lot the the vampire turns out to be um what's his name uh Jeff Lewis, Lewis? Yeah that's that's uh, Juliette Lewis yeah. death in um, all the all um, the Clint Eastwood movies. That's who the vampire. Yeah, is. I know who you're he's, talking about. Uh, he's not in this. He's not in a sequel. I guess he couldn't be, or maybe he could be. No, I think he dies. Oh, it's you're talking about the the guy the original the um, guy that was living in the house. That no, that's the,
2: James Mars. Mar, um, oh man, The original the
4: vampire then. The, the, there was like an old guy that brought the vampire, and he lived in the house. And then, and I mean, is that isn't that is that is the same same vampire though in Salem's Lot? Same same. So
2: so the the man, God, what was his name? Marston.
4: The the guy that's like the butler guy, or he's like the antique dealer. He's he's like the the one that has 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 the vampire in the basement, right? Yes. Okay,
2: because
4: um, I'm like, yeah, I saw pre, I I saw uh, like some pictures or something from the sequel, of Salem's Lot, and it looked like there was some, some people in it that were from the first one, but, I guess it's not it's not Lewis. Okay, yeah, and Lance. It's all aren't in it either. Yeah,
3: Jamie, you know how uh, Cinemark lets you rent out the theater for twenty people. Yes, man, let's get. You, me, Kevin, Chuck, Kendall, bring Lily. Let's all rent it out, split the price and watch uh, Boggy Creek.
2: There you go. It was James Mason. James, okay. That was the guy's name, like the human.
4: Oh, okay.
3: He I was the villain can't... on North by Northwest, which we just talked about.
4: Oh yeah. That's a great movie. Oh, like, Yeah, yeah, Cary Grant, yeah, okay.
3: Okay. Well, who's going trick-or-treating? Any of y'all? Me. They're coming to
4: me. They're all coming to my house.
3: Y'all got, I know Lisa's got a Halloween party planned. Anybody else going to a party? Me.
2: You are? Yeah. We're going over to our friend Damon and Angela and uh, they're having a gumbo and we're going to give out candy there. Cool. Lily is going to a Junior high Halloween party wow. with boys. Wow! So hey,
3: like the punch bowl. I'm gonna.
4: <laughs> do you want me to give away a prize? Yep. My first, let me ask
3: Billy Ray. You got you got a party you going to or anything? <laughs> no,
0: no, I do not. I have a feeling I'm not doing a single thing on Halloween. It's just gonna be a and normal night. You get trick or treaters. Um, we might have them in the neighborhood, but we're not gonna hand out candy.
4: What? No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh.
1: oh, that's true. I got a I got a <laughs> party true. I'm going
3: to in Texas uh at a steakhouse. They got a live band. They're gonna have uh adults in costumes and stuff. Oh, that's cool. So that'll be fun.
2: Hey Billy Ray, do you
0: do you have any other Batgirl costumes? You know, I was in the process very slowly of making another one. Um, So far, I just have the belt, (laughs) but I want to do, because this is the 1966 Yvonne Craig outfit by Rubies, um, which is a great outfit. But I want to make like a, get like a black leotard and make one for the animated series of the new Batman Adventures from the 1990s. Cool. That
2: would be awesome.
0: Yeah, I love that costume. Yeah, I thought you, you were going to that say
2: the, the black and yellow in
0: there from the Alex Ross print. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I think that probably was influenced by, um, well, you know, she's formed different variations over the years. And that one, that one is super, like, really sleek. And, um, I mean, she started out the Batman the Animated Series with a gray leotard and blue and yellow. But then when they redesigned the series in 1996, and they, they redesigned a lot of the characters in the Timverse, she was wearing all black and yellow. And it was just super, super dramatic and cool. Yeah.
2: Well, yours oh, is very you awesome.
0: Think? Thank you. Ray, what do you think about the new... Uh... Batgirl. Ness mug? I'm sorry, Borsnest mug. What's that? Well yeah. Your no, is that too. He's just a good old boy. <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry, go ahead, Patrick. I'll oh, She's
3: talking
4: about your mug. Your mug, not your face. Your mug you were drinking from. Oh yeah, the thing you were. Yeah.
3: What do you think about the new Batgirl movie doing like?
0: The new Batgirl movie they're
3: making—I
0: have not followed it.
3: I think they made of,
0: Grace Max, maybe. Oh, okay. I've just been kind of keeping up with the uh, Robert Pattinson movie, and that'll be cool. But you know, yeah, I actually yeah, got a Batgirl movie coming out. Oh yeah, you know, I think I heard rumblings of it. They—they they keep um, like. Twisting and mangling the characters, so I'm kind of losing interest over the years. Say the truth: I read some comics, but some of the TV and TV stuff that comes out—it's just—it's gotten so far away from the source material yeah. <laughs> that I'm losing interest.
3: You know, I always wish that in the '60s, when when the, the Batman show ended, they would have done a spinoff with Yvonne Craig, just a Batgirl series. That would have been awesome.
0: Great. That would have been amazing.
2: All right. Well, at least we have the Batman 66
3: comic books. Oh yeah, they're a lot of fun.
2: Yeah.
3: yeah.
4: Well, Lisa, gonna- did
3: you wanna give something away?
4: Yeah, I'm gonna give away the the canine combo platter of the Blu-rays of American Werewolf in London and Cujo. And so you just need to uh, go onto the Pop Ninja Facebook page and say trick or treat in a private message. And you can win it. Liquor treat. Yeah.
3: Cool. Well, yeah. I want to thank everybody for being here. Billy Ray, Jamie Ray, appreciate you being on here. It's always a pleasure. Yahahooy. And we'll get you all on again next season for something. Uh guarantee it. So and as we sign off, I'm gonna leave y'all with this final thought.
1: Ben Mears has been away too long. And now, at last, he's come home. The men fought at Valley Forge. Daddy, come back safe. Home to the childhood memories, to the old familiar faces, to a life unmolested by time.
2: And with your saints, let him rejoice in your presence forever.
1: We ask it through Christ our Lord. Amen. Home to Salem's lot, a town too good to be true. (laughs) What was that? Did you have noticed the time when the boys left? We shouldn't have gone through the woods. It's a shortcut. They should have been here half an hour ago. Wait! Danny, wait! Something is happening. Something terrible. Henry! Where's Ralph. Oh. Where's your brother? <laughs> Lest the kid disappears, then this. You're not leaving Salem's Lot, are you? I'm not leaving. Don't you understand what's happening? You? Yes, I do. It's in the Marston house. Good evening. I dreamed. You slept there all night? Yeah. A little tired. Didn't sleep much last night. I was dreaming. Somebody out there. Sweet, Sweet dreams. I let him in. Well, it's only all just happened since... Since I came here. It wasn't a dream. Stop, holy man! You can do nothing against the master they're breeding on one another. The vampires are creating vampires. The monster wants you. It's a geometric progression. Two times two times four times eight. And there's a dead man upstairs. Bill! Yeah, you know, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Look at me. Ned Tebbet's body has disappeared from the morgue. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Bill! <laughs> And Susan's in there. Run! No! Look at him! Stephen King, the best-selling author of Carrie and The Shining, takes you on a startling journey to Salem's Lot.